I know he's in an anger management class, and like you, you know what's coming. And the uh, the leader of the anger management class, like the um, uh, the the person running the group, is played by the same actress who is Kenny Powers' sister in law yes. on Eastbound no and Down. No way! Come on, so, I like that. And then, like you know, like uh, like uh, Arnold's really juiced to like uh, tell his rage stories, and they're like, "No, no, you shared enough." Hey, like, why don't, why don't you like uh, you're you're new to the group? And by the way, uh, Seagal's character in this movie is named Orin Boyd. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and they're like, uh, "Orin Boyd, you're new to the group." And then, like, uh, and he's like, "Let me tell you one motherfucking thing. I don't have a rage problem. I'm a happy guy." And then she's like, well, you know, denial is the for the first sign that you have a problem. Why don't you stand up and share with the group? Then there seems to be like a, a near what, what felt like a five minute gag of him being unable to like stand up and get out of one of those like school desks with like uh, like a desk chair he's like in a classroom. In he's right in and there. And he's just like he's he gets stuck. He gets stuck in a chair and then destroys it. I think he thinks that that's badass. It's like <laughs> no desk can contain me. Yeah, this chair is small and stupid. <laughs> uh, uh, and so it gets up, and as you say, he's like, "I'm, I'm a happy." And again, delivering what I think is supposed to be like that movie's like big quip, right? That the thing that's supposed to set up that Steven Seagal doesn't care. Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually a happy guy. And then he goes out. He's like, "I don't need anger management. Uh, you, you can, you can keep your anger management." And he goes out. Oh God, I love that. I love this. He goes out and finds uh, a gang of, of hoodlums uh, who, are, who are breaking into his truck. Uh, and he's like, I, I hope you break into that thing a little better with one click. Beep, beep. Um, and uh, this gang of, of street toughs, who's, again, incompetently gesturing at breaking into his car. Uh, of course, like any, like any late period Steven Seagal movie, find that they've fucked with the wrong guy. <laughs> You don't need seven guys to steal yeah. a car. And in fact, it's like a detriment to like, you know, just like kind of drawing in the window, uh, starting the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like there's eight well, guys to be, well, to be <laughs> fair, around his this car. This is Polish yeah. John Woo. So we have to ask how yeah. many it takes to steal a car. <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and he says, uh, one, of the, one of the wonderful, one of the wonderful things, right, is... Uh, like, because Steven Seagal, because he never rehearses or blocks or reads the script or anything, um, he's, his action movie quips are always a lot of fun because they don't make any fucking sense. No, they're totally like, divorced I'm, I'm, from like, reality. Like, like, like. The, the best, the best <laughs> yeah. one, of course, being, I'm a snatch every motherfucker birthday. It's great. But the one in this one, which I really enjoyed, was one of the street toughs who, you know, flashes his piece at, uh, at Seagal being like, I'm going to steal your car. He's like, what, are you a magician? Yeah, I'm going to pull a rabbit out of your ass. <laughs> yeah, that cool. That's awesome, dude. So cool. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, I mean, he, obviously he uses his Akito to, to beat up all of these, these yeah, tough. Slowly, slowly beat up and methodically tabs. throw these uh, men to the ground. Subdue them. Yeah. And then Tom Arnold runs out, like sees him be a badass, and he's like, "Wow, like this guy, this guy rules!" Like we, we, everyone in the anger management class, they like they all look up to him. Like he's like the hero of the class, just because he like kicks all these guys. He he does the thing that all of these like um the, these rage enfeebled men like wish they could do, mm-hmm. which is attack and kill urban youths. <laughs> Get back at uh, but, the teens. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, and what's and what's funny, right? As well, is that this is supposed to be like 
effortless and easy, brutal violence that's co- committed without breaking a sweat, right? Mm. But because it's Steven Seagal, it looks so labored. And he looks visibly winded after, even even though I'm sure they cut between many, many times. He just he looks exhausted. <laughs> but I, I think it, it it is really funny that like I get these these sort of like the anger management class running out and just being like, whoa, you're so... He says, Boyd is such a badass. He knows karate and judo. He's a cop. He gets to do shit like this all the time, which is just like said with pure adulation by the movie as well. I, I think it's it's just... It's one other one of these first draft ideas, right? Where the whole anger management class and Kenny Powers' sister-in-law runs out, watches him do that. She's like, ah, we should use our words. Everyone's like, shut up, teach. <laughs> We love kicking the ass of street tubs. And they're just like, Boyd, 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 Boyd. Uh, it's like Footloose, but for vigilante violence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah D- Detroit is the town where you where, where killing people is illegal. Yeah. <laughs> and Steven Seagal is this stranger that comes to town and like uh, teaches everyone how to have fun. <laughs> um, so this is this, so this is like the introducing uh, uh, Oren Boyd, uh, uh, his 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 arc. Now we meet uh, um, uh, DMX, DMX and Anthony Anderson, their, ar- their arc. So uh, DMX enters jail as a visitor and has like a sort of, you know, a, a sort of a, a vague conversation with a guy who's there. And then him and Anthony Anderson go to a car dealership for what I think of is probably the longest scene in a car dealership ever. <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> yeah, it goes on yeah. forever. And it's just an excuse for like Anthony Anderson to just mug and like and just yeah. do like just do it just do his bits. Like I mean it's yeah. just he's he's just there to be Anthony Anderson and just like you know talk shit and be like the I, what I appreciate about this movie is that it's it's like they have Tom Arnold as like the white guy comic relief, and then they have Anthony Anderson as the black guy comic relief. It's just like, oh, yeah. you know, uh, wh- white guys, when they're comic relief in a movie, they, they, they do it like this. Like, I'm a nerd <laughs> who's angry. And then, you know, Anthony Anderson is just like, uh, you know, like he's just like uh, just he's doing like uh, like the black Rodney Dangerfield from Caddyshack. Oh, definitely. In, 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 the, ex- in, in the expensive car dealership. And, and they, like <laughs> they double down on this because the the the, the credit sequence is just Tom Arnold and Anthony Anderson riffing with each other for like, <laughs> like 20 minutes. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I regret not watching the credits. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. The final line of the film, the final line of dialogue in the film is uh, Anthony Anderson saying, Oprah, stay big. <laughs> yeah, cool. I love 2001. After calling Tom Arnold a cracker, yes. and Tom Arnold's like, uh, yeah, cracker. That, like, that, that's cool. You can call me that. <laughs> So cool. It's amazing. Um, so uh, basically, as, as you say, I think Black Rodney Dangerfield is the perfect way to describe Anthony Anderson in this film. Uh, he does not get any car- respect in this film. Not at all does he get respect. No regard. Uh, none at all. No regard for him. Um, so yeah, they're in the car dealership, again, like carrying some like a bag of money. And then again, there's like a, a white car dealer and a black car dealer. And the black car dealer is like, I'm going to be able to sell to these guys. It's like, you know, Rolls Royces and Lamborghinis and stuff. I'm going to be able to sell to these guys. They're my people. And if they're not buying, I'm going to turn them out on the street. And like, again, just comes and immediately just starts like talking down to and condescending to Anthony Anderson and DMX in a way where you're like, who boy, uh, you know, it's like, um, this is, this is classic, uh, you know, um, uh, Reddit, r slash justice, uh, material or whatever, where this, this guy's going to get his comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Anderson, of course, uh, 
basically sits down in a Rolls Royce, begins immediately playing extremely loud hip hop. No, and not just playing loud hip hop, playing DMX's own music. Yes. And like all all of the music in this movie, 90% of it are DMX or Rough Riders tracks. Yes. Oh, and by the way, just real quick, uh, the guy that DMX goes to visit in prison, who we later learn is his brother, and that, that was a funny scene because they're like vague, like you know, the guy's just like, like, oh god, like it sucks in here, it's fucking scary, like I can't even take a piss, like this is horrible, like you talk to my lawyer, like you know, like wh- how much time am I facing? Like I'm really scared, and then DMX is like, you know how the system is, man. It's slow. And he's just like, wait, he's like, no, like, how many years am I facing? Why can't anyone tell me that? And he's like, don't worry about it. Stay strong. <laughs> that guy, that guy, his brother is played by a uh, fellow Rough Riders, uh, a uh, uh, rap musician and artist, uh, Drag On. Do you guys remember that guy? Mm-hmm. Drag On, uh, one of the comprehensively one of the worst names in rap music history. <laughs> well, he was also in Cradle to the Grave as well. The man loves to be in a uh, Andrej um, a Bart Kaliak film. Um, so yeah, uh, it's uh, the the the, the, re- the cons- if it's one of these things, right? Where sort of what you saying this brings this to my mind. It's one of these things where I feel like at the begin when they wrote the scene of them meeting in jail, they hadn't figured out like what DMX is yet. Like they hadn't decided if he's a deep cover cop or a tech billionaire or what. Like they just sort of figured it out later. That's why, like, none of the stuff. There's nothing in the early first two thirds of the film that sets up what happens in the last third. Nothing. Well, Not that's, that's the twist, Riley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a twist. If it's a, tw- it's only a twist. If you set it up or like build towards it or earn it at all, it's not a twist. When the it's just na- story when progression. When the narrative happens, that's what they call the twist. <laughs> <laughs> you thought this was just gonna be some random vignettes like a, a of Steven Seagal like, yeah, exactly, slowly fighting, like, just disconnected vignettes of like DMX and Steven Seagal going about their daily lives. <laughs> exactly, that's all it is. <laughs>